Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Roundtable. Coming to you live from Beijing. I'm He Yang. On today's show, from Sichuan caviar to Xinjiang salmon, China is giving a local twist to global delicacies. Local or global? What are China's most surprising homegrown agricultural and culinary delights? And from digital compliments to real-world cheers, we take a look at the Kwa Kwa Group social revolution. Why is this generation so enthusiastic about bringing positive social interactions into real life? For today's program, I'm joined by Ding Hung and Yushun in the studio. First on today's show, from the lush valleys of Sichuan producing world-class caviar to the unexpected cranberry bogs of. Heilongjiang, we zoom in on the unexpected and intelligent innovations transforming China into a global pantry. Together, let's unravel how these local specialties are not just challenging our perceptions, but are actively reshaping the culinary world map. And here's a twist: many locals. Are often unaware of these culinary treasures lurking in their own backyards. So tune in closely because you might just discover some hidden gourmet gems from your own hometown that you've never known that have existed. So Yushun, help us to unearth China's latest secret menu where global flavors meet local cultivation. Yes. So recently, there has been a surge in discussions related to an investigation of local specialties, and you know the recent tourism boom in various cities has not only brought forth many heartwarming stories, but also sparked some interesting incidents like this. So,、uh, one story is a, is about cranberry. So, eleven students from Guangxi Zhuang Autonomous Region in South China. Who went on an educational trip to Harbin in northeast China received warm hospitality from the local residents. So, in order to express their gratitude towards each other, Guangxi sent 189 tons of small sugar oranges, which is Guangxi's specialty. And in response, the province Heilongjiang reciprocated with 100,000 boxes of Huyuan, Fuyuan, sorry, cranberries, which is another city Fuyuan's specialty. While little did they know that this heartwarming exchange triggered a curiosity among netizens in Heilongjiang, saying that they had no idea that they had such specialties. Right, nobody knew. Could you believe that? And also、um, about the little sugar tangerines, we actually have talked about this on the show. So please feel free to go back to our archives and look up that episode.、Mm. And are you feeling? The heartwarming bit more, or are you just shocked with surprise with all these different kinds of farm produce and agricultural products that we are going to talk about today, Ding Hong? Yeah. So my understanding is more like heartwarming aspect triggered <laughs> surprise. You know.、Mm. <laughs> so really, I think subsequently, based on what I have followed,、uh, many provinces or their local netizens have really joined this. "Quote unquote investigation, so to speak,、mm. and people are really in a really pleasant manner surprised to discover various local specialties like South American white prawn, caviars like you mentioned earlier, heyam,、uh, truffle, and goose、uh, frogra,、uh, mm. originated from France for sure, and this 
particular type of grape called、uh, Shine Muscat originated in Japan. Saffron,、uh, which you would have previously found in China's Shidang, but now it is、um, it is、uh, discovered. It is、uh, cultivated in Shanghai.、Uh, these products really all sounds like. Imported or found away from our hometown, our nearby environment. They, but nowadays they have all become local specialties belonging to different Chinese regions. And really, I think people from different regions are really astonished to find so many so-called hidden treasures,、uh, you know, underneath. Their home soil. Let's、right. put it in this way. Right, and and let's go through them one by one, or at least talk about the ones that really stand out to you. But just to offer one small caveat, and also a possible bone to pick, maybe later on in the discussion, you mentioned prawns from where? Prawns Any- from?、Uh, I think it's from.、Uh, I need to check later. But no, no, no. Okay, yeah, so, South so, American. So, sorry to, to South、prawns. American, originally from South America. Yes, sorry <laughs> to intrude like that. Basically, my point here is that、um, that that's the only one that's got the you know region, its name, sort of、uh, attached to that particular product, and therefore, I would imagine that some of the locals over there might. Might quibble with this, but let's talk about it. So,、um, yes, Yushun, you've、mm. you've、um, studied this meticulously. <laughs> so, so tell us, give us a few,、um, you know, pronounced examples of、mm. um, how something that originally is from a different continent has found home in these new farms of different. Corners in China. Yes. So one of the points that these netizens are so surprised is because, also people from outside of this place is、um, they are so surprising is because some of these local specialties are like aquatic products, but they're produced from some inland regions. So one example is caviar from Sichuan Province's Ya'an, which is in southwest of China, and it, this market is over thirty. Um, countries and regions producing 50 tons of caviar annually, and that is accounting for approximately like 10% of the global caviar market share. That is gen- also generating nearly 11.4 million dollars, and that's about 81 million yuan in foreign exchange. And currently, China contributes to over 50% of the global caviar market with Sichuan. Holding the second highest caviar production in the country,、mm-hmm. and also we can see another example is、um, crabs.、Um, Yellow River water supports the cultivation of crabs in Yuncheng in Shanxi province, and re- that is also realizing a southern crab cultivated in northern part of China. So when sending local specialties from Shanxi to friends, you know, familiar items. Are like millet or aged vinegar, right?、Mm. And、um, as many people in Shanxi are unaware of this presence of their crabs, especially a type called da jiaxi or yangcheng crabs. Actually, I I'm quite familiar with this kind of crab because、mm-hmm. I'm basically from that region,、uh, Wuxi Jiangsu region of you know they are famous of these big crabs,、um, especially in、uh, autumn. So. Located in a village in Shanxi, along the banks of the Yellow River, there are nearly ten thousand acres of Yellow River tidal flats. And in the past, these tidal flats were just desolate, with vast areas of abandoned and idle land. But in recent years, 
the local areas have vigorously developed the crab farming industry, and that is achieving the concept of southern crab, northern cultivation. Right, and so for these crabs, though, they cannot hold the prestigious name of Yangcheng Lake, Yangchenghu, so Yangcheng Lake, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I, I mean, every year around is it autumn time when the、uh, crabs of Yangcheng Lake、uh, matures, and、yeah. then that's when these are some very expensive bad boys that people <laughs> really want their to get their hands on, and it's like、um, something not only those in the southern parts of China who have traditionally enjoyed this delicacy and have known the reputation, but also those of us living in the northern part of China have also kind of joined in, and、um, I've heard these、um, actually. Not not great stories sometimes, but、uh, apparently, just、um, some crab farmers say that you know, regardless of where the crabs were originally farmed, just dip it in the Yangcheng <laughs> Lake for maybe、Water. yes,、uh, a day or less. Then it qualifies, and it immediately would bring up the price、mm. of those crabs. If you don't have that sticker or that、um, plastic sort of tab thing、mm. clicked. Onto these crabs, then they are not worth that much. So this,、mm-hmm. there's also this、um, sort of financial and economic side of food, which has a lot to do with the branding. And originally, where is this thing from? Because、um, mm. it, it affects our perception towards、um, how we view these foods that eventually land on our dinner tables. Also, when you mention caviar, so、mm. essentially. These are fish roe or fish eggs,、mm. but they're not just any fish eggs. Traditionally, caviar comes from sturgeon, so、right. this very specific type of fish, and also it needs to、uh, be. Uh, it needs to grow in very cold water, and originally in the olden days, it has to be a completely natural environment. Therefore, it's very difficult to to get your hands on the fish roe and then produce caviar, and therefore it's been seen as you know gold on、mm. one's dinner table. But now it seems like you know an average person would be able to afford.、Um, Fish. Well, okay. Let's make it sound fancy. Caviar, and、mm. I suppose this is a great story on the surface of it. Then you know, if you can allow more people to have a chance to taste these so-called expensive delicacies. Yeah, exactly. In particular, I think this、um, crab story was particularly fascinating to me because.、Um, Uh, you know, in, in over there in Shanghai, there was a local cuisine, a local dish called Ah、uh, Xie Huang Dan. It's more like a imitated flavor similar to、uh, crab using eggs.、Mm-hmm. So the historical、uh, reason behind the, the the birth of that particular dish was very interesting because in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, many young Shanghainese. Uh, they went to China's inner inner inland places to work as volunteers to help with the local development, but locally there was no crab, especially no the stajiaxie.、Mm. So they have this craving for crab, but they have no act. They had no access. So in order to imitate the similar flavor, they cooked. They used the eggs and used some kind of delicate, you know. Flavor and cooking techniques to imitate the, the kind of similar flavor. But nowadays, if you can access crabs in places like Shanxi or even Xinjiang, whoa! 
that's <laughs> yes. And the Xinjiang salmon was、mm. something we talked about previously on the show as well. It really surprised, well, shocked so many people because traditionally you think that Xinjiang is very much an inland、mm. area, and、right. how could you farm seafood, right? Yeah, yeah,、yes. because. Yeah, because really aquatic experts would tell you that salmon's or the similar kind of fish has really a high requirement for water qualities. They need a very pure, cool, and oxygen-rich、mm. environment, right?、Mm. And so I think、uh, some particular regions, for for example, this particular Niuka County in Xinjiang,、mm-hmm. they are really an ideal place in this regard. That is, it is in it is very rich. In in terms of cold water resources, where those glacier melt water from the Tianshan Mountains is providing a very excellent natural condition for the growth of salmon. And over there in New Zealand, when I visited New Zealand as a tourist, I I actually witnessed a similar salmon farm, farming salmon using those you know glacier melt water. So nowadays, Xinjiang has realized the same level. Right, and this is. Possibly, kind of off point. Also,、um, <laughs> I I don't really want to bring the damper to the conversation, but also at the back of my mind, I'm still thinking one would be happier to see glacier water not melt.、Um, mm. But but anyhow,、um, we're seeing that、um, the local people are being very ingenious. Uh, ingenious、mm. in coming up with all kinds of solutions, possibilities, and、um, putting them into experiment and see what unbelievable things that they can grow from their water as well as soil. Yeah, and that's why I think we need to talk about just like、um, Heyang, you were m- mentioning, you know, the caviar and also the the salmon. Um, all of these things that we thought that were just not originated from these places, but we, these people are creating an environment, or they have the environment that is so suitable for these producers. And、um, yeah, I think also like、um, we, that is the way that people are appreciating that you know these things that is well known worldwide. But、um, these local people are actually creating. A way that、uh, you know they can have a better way that, or not say better, but a way that we can like like local people or like people from China can enjoy them without a super high cost. Just、right. consider, let's say, an Australian lobster that needs to be flown all the way from Australia to China.、Hmm. Um, but now apparently,、um, those living in Chongqing have managed to grow. Australian lobsters and South American prawns. Yes. How does that work? So、um, that's <laughs> actually from a village of Beibei district of Chongqing, and there are more than 100 mu. That's about 6.7 hectares of freshwater Australian lobster ponds, and 18 shrimp ponds were bred. So we know that, and it's of course it sounds like Australian lobster. They or the these prawns or shrimps. They live in salt water, right?、Mm-hmm. But、mm-hmm. with these technologies that Chongqing people are developing, they can actually grow or breed freshwater、uh, lobsters and and shrimp. And these, you know, lobsters have vibrant colors, rich flesh, strong claws, and are lively with some wing up to 
150 grams.、Mm-hmm. And also,、um, aside from Australian lobster and shrimps, South American prawns are also thriving. So, there is a shrimp factory in Chongqing. And it has been in operation for three years actually. And it is utilizing an intelligent control system to manage real time water secu- circulation in the breeding factory. And they can supply more than 2,000 kilograms of southern American prawns to the market every week.、Mm-hmm. Which means, you know, this whole district is actually yielding around、um, 4,000 kilograms.、Um, I think the expected annual production is over 50,000 kilograms. That's a lot of numbers.、Yeah. And also,、um, aside from those two,、um, well,、uh, aquatic products we're talking about here, there's also matcha or mocha. In, you know, this has been associated with Japan. But、mm. now we see that、uh, in Tongren City, Zhangjiakou County,、uh, Actually,、mm. Jiangkou County Jiangko in County. Guizhou Province.、Um, actually, it's now snatched the title of World Matcha Super Factory.、Mm. Tell us a bit more about these other new hidden treasures of、um, agricultural and culinary. A category. Yeah. Oh, actually, one, one point adding to this、um, Chongqing breeding Australian lobster is, <laughs> is that, you know, the way these materials or these、uh, seafoods are cooked also matters. And here, over there in Chongqing, locals are very innovative in terms of cooking, right?、Mm. All their local dishes. You mean they're really spicy? Spicy. <laughs> and, you know, so far, I have not really seen those, you know, Mary, maritime lobsters cooked in a spicy manner. You know, we see those so called xiao longxia in crawfish. China. Yeah. yeah. But、uh, in, in authentic lobsters, if you have a combination of spicy cooking with the local breeding、uh, Australian lobsters, well, <laughs> yeah, that'd that be interesting. You, yeah, a yeah. lot of room for imagination. Yes.、But、that being said, I think、mm-hmm. uh, we have more examples like uh, this. Uh, Mocha is one example over there in, in Guizhou because today uh, Guizhou's uh, Mocha really accounts for a quarter of China's total Mocha production. It boasts the world's、uh, biggest single unit Mocha workshop, which is able to produce. 10 tons of mocha a, a, on, on daily basis and has an annual output of more than、uh, 4,000 tons. Its products are selling well both domestically and internationally. And another case,、uh, actually, I have talked about a little bit earlier, is really this saffron from Chongming, an island of Shanghai.、Mm-hmm. Actually, Saffron has a planning history of several decades over there in Shanghai, in, in, on this Chongming Island. It is a precious Chinese medicinal herb,、mm-hmm. so to speak.、Uh, actually, it was originally found in the Mediterranean region and Iran,、mm-hmm. but it was later introduced to China's Xizang region via India.、Mm-hmm. In the early 1980s,、uh, Shanghai began introducing、uh, saffron cultivation. so... By planting this category of agricultural products, a local village called Yongle in Chongming Island, Shanghai, has gained a reputation as the hometown of Chinese saffron.、Mm-hmm. And currently,、uh, the local cultivation area in the entire village has exceeded 
46 hectares with an annual output value of over 20 million yuan. And that's a huge economic boost for local villagers, that's yes. for sure. And also, I do like the way um, they've branded this uh this this area called the hometown of Chinese saffron. I think nobody can really, well, you can if you really want to be annoying, but there's not much of dispute or potential for dispute. But uh, and well, not but and also just to add just one little uh, tiny point of a, a sort of a, a footnote to the matcha. Actually, because matcha is made out of tea. Or tea mm. leaves. So originally, if you go back to like 900 years ago, it was originally from China. Mm. It went from China to Japan. And then the Japanese, I mean, they're pretty smart people there. They managed to um, grind the tea leaves and made it into a whole nother thing. And it's called matcha. But now you're seeing that, you know, the, the Chinese people have managed to... Um, to, to do something remarkable about it as well. So guys, many of these agricultural and culinary products are locally grown mm. here in China, yet originated from imported species. Does this still qualify them to be called local? And also, what about the original countries who used to hold you know, the reputation of planting these products? Would they possibly have maybe a dispute over um, the country where this is grown and, and all that. Well, it's, it's kind of like a can of worms that I don't really want to open. But how do you guys see this? So um, I think, first of all, it's not difficult to notice that um, many of these cities are relatively small in China um, compared to like cities like uh, Beijing, Shanghai, right? The enterprises and localities introducing these breeding varieties mostly serve as raw material suppliers. And that is also, I think, limiting their ability to engage in direct sales. So, so, so that they, they can only be, you know, the, the raw material producers. And um, they still sound like imported goods. So there is a need to develop kind of distinctive local features because, you know, okay, even though Chongqing is growing, um, you know, uh, uh, Australian lobsters, but they are still caught as lo Australian lobsters. So there must be, you know, something that is like special from Chongqing and then they can have a better, I think, branding or they can put more emphasis on selling this product. Hmm, yeah, because really, I think branding takes a long time to cultivate, is sometimes even generations. So currently, I think the reality we're seeing right now is that some agricultural products produced in China, imported, uh, from, imported initially from uh, foreign countries, but produced in China, they are still more suitable for foreign dietary habits. So they're usually for exports. For example, when we talk about caviar, I think the majority, I'm not saying everybody, but the majority of Chinese consumers uh, are yet to have this habit of eating caviar. So I, I guess even though, when, like you should talk about, Sichuan has such a local capacity, it is still largely for exports. But still, there have many questions about this. For example, would the Chinese-grown caviar be of a similar price to, let's say, Russian-grown caviar or, you know... 
or uh, what were some of the other examples? Okay, uh, Australian lobster. That's been seen as a prized and expensive item to order um, when you're, let's say, hosting a banquet. And how does a person feel that, okay, so this is Australian lobster, but it's grown um, here in China? I mean, there's definitely going to be a price issue here. And also to move up the food chain, as in to make more money out of your product, branding is essential. And what I think these hardworking people wish to do is that one day that they can proudly present their products and say, this is my brand. And okay, so this is, yeah, it's like Shaoxinghuangjiu, <laughs> right? That's where yes, you're yes. originally from, Dinghang, and it has to be from Shaoxing. And then, well, so mm. let's say if it's somewhere in Dongbei, somebody brews this wine, then... They can't just put that name on it, but it's a long way of food branding, of uh, cachet that takes some time to develop.